From downtown, this is Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam, and you're listening to Nintendo Main Podcast. Boom shakalaka! This week on Nintendo Main, Trey's made contact, and Valve has the Switch in its crosshairs. Should have stuck with nothing. Welcome back to Nintendo Main, episode 280. I am one of your hosts this week, Jeremy Skyward Songs, Mikowski. I'm John. I'm sorry, $2 knitter. And like I said at the top of the show, uh, Trey has made contact, but unfortunately, we're going to have another episode without him. He should be back next week, hopefully, according to his itinerary. But in the meantime, John and I will continue to carry the torch, continue carrying that news all the way to the Switch's grave if Valve kills it. <laughs> Yeah, sure. I saw a meme that uh, it, sh- it showed all the different systems throughout the years where it was like the Game Gear. This is going to kill the Game Boy. It was the Vita. This is going to kill the 3DS. And now we're on to the, uh, what's the Valve thing called? It's the Steam Deck. Don't forget yeah, the PSP so. and the D- the original DS. Yeah. Yeah, the thing, it's called Steam Deck, which is a very dumb name, but I guess they like to stick their Steam moniker and everything. And they've got like the Steam Box. I have a Steam box. I bought it for $30, I think, during one of their summer sales. And it works great. I've just never actually wanted to use it. But I can play Steam games on my TV in my living room if I want. I've just literally never done it. And I also have the Steam controller. I think I got that for like $5 on sale. Right. So it's like, I've I've seen some people make remarks. And we'll get a little more. "Eh, Well, why not? We'll just talk about it now. I've seen a lot of people talking about how the specs on this thing are like kind of not that great and it probably won't be able to run most stuff. And like, I think it was Jesse who was telling me that he had read that uh, companies have to choose to support it. So oh, really, so it's not just like they make a PC game and it's compatible and I don't automatically know. see that's where I'm not hundred percent sure. I, believe it or not, I haven't actually researched this thing that much. I just watched the little video about it, their little uh, announcement video. And mm-hmm. if I were to call, I would say it's a, it reminds me of, I think it was back in like 2010. I had a, netbook those were really popular for a while and uh, i had this really small netbook it was like i don't know like the size of like what would be a giant well like probably the size of like a smaller ipad but it was you know just a little tiny folding computer it was a windows computer i could take it wherever it had really good battery life it was completely solid state didn't have a disk drive or anything and it sucked (laughs) because (laughs) it was so small that it just it wasn't very powerful so i couldn't even run like basic games on it which 
it wasn't meant for that purpose. It did what it was supposed to do for word processing and stuff like taking notes and all that. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what the Steam Deck reminds me of. It's like a net new generation netbook because it's literally just a PC. Yeah, and something like that. Well, I think it, it comes in three different models. So mm-hmm. the base model is like $400 and I don't know the specs of all the different models, but I think the, the highest price one was around 1200 bucks. So if you really want something more powerful, sounds like you can, you can get it. And I think definitely concessions are going to be made even on the $1,200 one. I think that it's going to be a success if they do a couple things right if they really make it feel like a console, not a PC, I think if it if it loads quickly on startup, if the games load quickly, I saw something an interview with the developers where they were talking about how they really uh, worked to get the the home functionality correctly. You know, every, anytime you hit mm-hmm. the home button on the iPhone or on the Switch, you know, it just goes right to the home screen and pops back. And they thought that that was a very important aspect to sell this thing as more of a console than a PC. So they strive to make sure that every game would go to the home. Screen screen quickly and come back into the game just as quickly. So I think they have the right attitude, the right approach. If they also market it as just as the other other console companies do, if they put it on, put ads on TV, I've never seen a TV ad for Steam before. Have you seen a TV ad for Steam? I don't know. No, maybe Half-Life, Alex, I think I might have seen it. Yeah commercial for that there'll be ads for certain games and stuff but there's never really like you don't really see a big marketing push outside of the the gaming websites to, mm-hmm. to talk about steam as a gaming platform i would I say steam is steam is its own thing in that regard yeah. like it's essentially a browser that's connected to your games so all the i mean you can just get caught up in there reading right. the news on that site and reading sure. like of course the reviews that people post and seeing people post their gameplay videos and stuff that's all integrated in the site it'll be interesting to see if they go for uh really really making this thing a console or is this the thing that hardcore pc gamers can take on the go with them i guess if they're going for just the hardcore pc gamers and they're happy with that maybe they don't need to do all the wider marketing and all that stuff but the form factor of the of the console makes it seem like they are trying to go for that bigger market the more casual market definitely the switch market it looks a lot like the switch Oh, even like yeah. the, including like if you look at the top of it where the fans are and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. It looks so much like the Switch. I mean, yeah. chances are the Switch is the Switch had to be manufactured that way to, in order for it to cool. So we're seeing the same right. thing in the in the Steam Deck. So maybe people will be like, "Well, here's here's a thing that's being made five years later, and it looks like a Switch." Maybe Nintendo was actually ahead of their time in their form factor. Um, maybe so. But one thing I saw, I, I wish I had noted who said it, but somebody said, "I'm really looking forward to buying a Steam Deck when it goes on deep discount." like everything else they make. And so, like I said, the $5 <laughs> Steam controller, the $30 Steam box, like maybe this thing will be like a hundred bucks. I doubt it. It'll get bought up. But. You know, Valve didn't do themselves any favors by showing this thing hooked up to a monitor and using it as a PC. Like, cool, you de- you demonstrated that, but now in my head, that's all I'm thinking is that really dumb part where mm. they're like, <laughs> have a USB mouse and keyboard hooked up to it. And it just really? Looks- so they show like, like Microsoft Word running on it or something like that? I don't know if they showed what particular software they showed. It was just Windows itself was on screen. Oh, okay. And then it's a Linux-based operating system, so you can actually put other stuff on there, too, if you want. There's other OSs that, well, including Linux, but you don't need to put Windows if that's not what you want. But yeah, when it all comes down to it, I still can't justify buying something like this because I don't really play portably that often. Right, yeah. Yeah, I think the Switch, maybe if I didn't own the Switch, maybe I would have looked at it and said, oh, cool, a way to take powerful games on the go and look at that. But you're right, I don't ever take my Switch 
on the go anywhere. And also, I don't think there's any PC games that I really want to play that are, are not already on the Switch. Yep. So it's not for me. There's but I do couple. think it's cool, and I think it can be a success. There's some that I would like, because as of right now, the Final Fantasy remasters, or whatever they're calling them, mm-hmm. uh, those are only available on Steam and mobile. So here you go. You can play it on a thing that looks like the Switch. Here's another thing. This is a Switch Pro. Everyone's been saying it. So between the ah. Switch OLED and the uh, Steam Deck, we kind of did get our get our wish. And it's mm-hmm. going to have all those same indies, like you said, that the Switch does. So Right. And somebody mentioned that you can run a Switch emulator on it. You can have your Switch Pro. Oh, yeah. It'll be a good emulation machine. You know, there are there are a lot of things. Like, I could change my tune on this. Like, I have other things in the past, as we'll talk about later. I could change my tune and decide to buy this. I mean, you can still put a deposit down, but they're saying it's quarter two. 2022 is when it'll ship. So we're looking at a year before you're going to see this thing. So I just don't know if I care that much. Who knows what will be happening in the gaming world by then and what games on Steam will have been ported to Switch. Like, mm-hmm. I really want to play Disco Elysium, you know. I want to play, yeah. the, like I said, the Final Fantasy games. And there's a few others, I think. Yeah. I think it'll be a major boon for them in their fight against the Epic Game Store. Like, if they could have their own dedicated console, you know, Epic, certainly they have the resources if they ever wanted to do such a, a thing, a similar thing. But but this is a, a good, uh, whatever you want to call it, a battle axe to throw down. Like, hey, we're, we're going after something new and creating a new, basically a new you know, a new segment in the PC gaming market, this portable device. And, and, and they're staking their claim on it and going to own it. So I think it, I think it'll be pretty cool. I, I'm excited for it, even if I'm just a spectator watching what's going to happen. I already have a Steam Deck. It's called a laptop, and it's yep. a gaming laptop, so it can handle anything that Steam throws at it at this point, as far as I know. So if I really wanted to play these games, I could hook up my Switch Pro controller to my laptop, and I've got a very similar experience. Or you know, better yet, use the Steam controller so I get those weird touchpads on there and everything. Else. Yeah, the Steam Deck is uh, it has potential to take a share of, I guess what is still an important market, the portable market. It might occupy a little sector of it, but come on. People should have learned by now. And what is it? Like also like running at max specs, you get like maybe three to four hours, I think I read somewhere, of gaming. That's not cool. The Switch can Switch has a few more hours in it and just has better games. And all the good stuff on Steam, like John said, is already on the Switch. So. Yeah. yeah, you could call me a Steam Deck skeptic. I'll accept that. Well, uh, was there anything going on that you want to talk about this week um, before we move on to what we've been playing? Uh, no, I'm good. Cool. Well, then uh, let's move on to what we've been playing. All right, so this week, as I've no doubt said hundreds of times on this podcast now, I didn't have a whole lot of time to play video games. But the reason why was very uh, circular, very like, uh, yeah, like Earl Bros. Is that like snaking its tail? Is that right? <laughs> because I, I couldn't couldn't play very many games because I was working on the podcast and it took a long time, man. I give uh, props to Trey. He said many, many times these things take a long time to edit, but to do it right. Yeah, it's it takes a while and you really got to like focus because it's really easy to get distracted. So I uh, did that this week, obviously. And uh, that so episode 279 was was released into the wild. like, And it just was like nothing ever happened. It was like Trey was still here. Um, so I thought it turned out pretty good. You should check it out if you haven't yet. And I'm back this week to do it again. So uh, yeah, I'm going to. So well, I did get a chance it. to play. I'd say it was about eight hours. But uh, I learned some new things while I was doing it. Yeah, I learned some new stuff while I was doing it. Like I learned how to use my Elgato to capture game music a lot easier than the way I was doing it before to where it just streamlines the process really well and then i also just i was using audacity to edit it and i just started to get faster over time because i got used to the controls and the the shortcut keys and all that stuff so 
So needless to say, it's very hard and time consuming. And I don't know how Trey does that in, in addition to working and all the other things he does in his life. Yeah. Massive props. It's definitely a passion project. And uh, that's why we keep it going even when he can't. But the stuff I had time to play this week was kind of the same. Played more Mario Golf. I'm up to, I actually got to fight a boss. Oh. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I got to fight a boss. It was really easy. And I didn't know what the hell I was doing at first because it didn't really explain it well. But essentially you're fighting this statue that comes to life of a knight and he's he's got a thunder sword and he's shooting thunderbolts at you and you're running around trying to avoid it like it seriously it turns into an action game all of a sudden you're running around trying to avoid getting hit by the lightning and then you'll run to the spots where he the lightning struck because it makes like little tee off spots when the lightning hits the ground and then he shoots something at you and you have to time your club to hit it back at him so classic you know nintendo gameplay where you're hitting the projectile back but it doesn't bounce back and forth. It just hits them once. But yeah, the game got really weird. Like it went from being golf to action adventure game in, in a second. It was just like, I finished a tournament, got my medal. And then it was like, now go get this wedge from this master. And then I went and got a loft wedge, which lets you shoot really high shots. So you can go over trees and stuff. And uh, they ended up sending me on this whole fetch quest where I was going, but well, not really a fetch quest, but I had to go talk to these different characters in, in succession. And then eventually I ended up hearing about Wario and uh, Waluigi causing a bunch of, of noise in this spot. So I go to investigate. That's when I find the statue. And then I end up winning that battle. And then Waluigi and Wario were really jealous nice. because there's some sort of treasure that you use the sword to find. Nice. So you're enjoying the adventure mode? Yeah, it's pretty cool. So um, I got to fight a boss. I think it was worth getting through that stupid fucking second level to play <laughs> the boss and also to get to make a Wario and Waluigi jealous because, I mean, I like those guys, but they also suck. Uh, played some more SingStar. <laughs> uh, Sean and I discovered a little bit more what's going on with it. So you can actually play back your performances. And I guess you can even do it with video if you have a camera, but I don't have a camera for the PlayStation 2. But you're able to listen to your karaoke back and it's really fun. So we were doing that. We were uh, we were just like playing a song, listening to it back. And then I decided I was going to try to figure out a way to record it and went through this whole rigmarole of like hooking up all these cables and stuff to try to run my PlayStation 2 directly into my PC and capture the audio that way and eventually uh, the easiest way to capture it was just to put my mic up next to the tv speaker <laughs> it's right there next to like this little arm thing i have here is right next to where the tv is anyway so i could literally just position the mic state in a stationary position right next to the speaker and there you go we recorded some so so that was fun and oh another thing is you can do you can kind of mess with the voices change the pitch and and stuff and that it's pretty hilarious you can add like weird like wobble to it so it kind of sounds like a robot voice or like it's just like those old toy voice changers if you remember. oh yeah i used to have one with a that was a transformers one so yeah. it, it was it was actually optimus prime and there was like a little straw that stuck out of his back and you talk oh it. you it, had it the, made yeah no you had sound like, like optimus prime. one yeah there are these ones that were later in the 90s that were you just like spoke into it and then it had a big speaker mm. on the end that changed it or it would have like a little thing you'd hold like a kind of like a cb radio and then you'd have a megaphone you would hold up. And, uh, but yeah, it's, it's similar to that. Just a weird, weird effects that you could put on the voice and none of them really sound good, but it's fun anyway. Oh, and you can add like a shit ton of reverb if you want to sound like an eighties punk band. Nice. So yeah, SingStar. And then sticking to my dreams of the music game corner, I hooked up DDR. And we played DDR. Mario, for... Mario DDR. Okay, so here's the thing. 
I have Mario DDR. In fact, I have two copies of it, one of which doesn't work, but I can't find it. <laughs> it's not with my other games. And I'm really upset because, well, I'm not upset, but I'm annoyed because I know it's somewhere around here. And I looked for it that night for about 30 minutes and, and all the stuff I hadn't unpacked yet. Haven't run across it yet, but I know I had it. I know where it was last in the old house because I actually put a picture of it on my Twitter like about a month ago. So I still have it. It's around here somewhere. I imagine that's got to be an expensive game right now. It was not that expensive when I bought it about a year ago. I mean, I think I spent about 30 bucks on it, but I just grabbed it because... It was there at disc replay and I, I knew it would work or it would be guaranteed to work. If it didn't work, I could get my money back. Uh, so I bought it and it works. I've, I mean, I've turned it on. I just, I couldn't. So here's the thing. Another part of this, this tale of the Mario Dance Dance Revolution. This all starts like four years ago when I bought it off eBay. Didn't ever play it, even though I had it, all the stuff ready to play it. Finally go to play it about a year later. That's when I realized it doesn't work. I ended up packing away the dance mat and then when i bought the new copy of it i couldn't find the dance mat and i've been looking for the dance mat for like a year now found the dance mat when we moved it was at the very very top of a pile of boxes in my closet so it was like eight feet up in the air there's no no wonder i never saw it found that now i can't find the game so it's really annoying One cool thing is that I didn't even know I had DDR on the Wii. I don't even remember buying it. I don't know where it came from, but I own. I don't remember it being on the Wii. Yeah, it was on the Wii. So I booted that up. Fingers crossed that the dance mat would work. I mean, I don't see how it wouldn't have because it still has the GameCube controller ports on it. So I hooked up the dance mat. It works. We play in DDR, except... It's a weird-ass version of DDR that doesn't let you turn off this extra option, by the way. It incorporates the nunchuck and the Wiimote. Oh, so you got to use your arms, too. Yep. And it's not like... There's no sort of specific direction. You just have to, like, shake the controller. You know, you're doing the waggle, Uh, and you have to do the waggle on beat. It also adds a bunch of really weird, like, things that mess with you while you're dancing. Like, if you hit a certain thing, your character will get shocked. Or there's certain notes that you have to step on twice in a row for them to like be cleared. There's notes that'll come up from the bottom of the screen and they'll be like going all erratically around and you don't know where they're going to end up at the top. This game just has a lot of fluff added on top of it that I don't think was necessary. Like I just wanted the straight up DDR experience. And we du- we dug through all the menus hoping you could turn off the waggle. There, you can't. And it's, well, that's it's like you can't turn it off. Play classic mode. Yeah, that I don't know why it's not on there. It would have been so easy. But it's hard. <laughs> TTR is like I, I always am surprised by how hard it is when I go back to it. Like I could play on like the second difficulty level. You go one level beyond that and it's too hard for me. It gets way too quick. Yeah. And there's all these little like skip dance moves, I think, that are part of it, like you that you have to learn because it'll be like, how do you step on that sequence of things without falling over? I don't understand, but there is a way to do it. And it's all about just helping the arcade version to have that bar that you can hang on to. Oh, yeah. I love the arcade version because you feel it that you're stepping in the right place with your feet. Whereas with the yeah. dance mat, you can very you easily know. lose track of if you're actually stepping on the button. So if you're really serious about this, you could get one of those hard DDR mats. That they yeah. used to sell. Go they used hard. to sell ones that replicated the arcade experience. Then get like a bar. Get the bar. Why not? <laughs> Have a bar suspended from the ceiling. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I mean, now the new quest is to get a bigger TV. Well, in general, I want a bigger TV for my house, but I also want a bigger tube TV to kind of make the game corner a little more fun because it was fine playing on a, the little 13-inch screen, but it's not ideal. You want to see DDR giant in front of you and right. you just get that whole arcade experience. And Oh, you also can't turn off that voice that's like, good job. You're doing <laughs> great. Like, 
Sean was getting pretty annoyed. And I'm like, I don't think we can turn that off. And lo and behold, you cannot. You got to listen to the hype man the whole time. It's the old Wave Race 64 guy all over again. Or yeah, I think he was in Monkey Ball as well. And like Mario Golf, like that voice sounds the same, except in DDR, he's just got, got a lot more flair to the to things he's saying. We're kind of like, yeah, sounds like a guy from like, was, is there a voice in Crazy Taxi? Or, I don't know. For some reason, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I feel like it would be one of the guys from Crazy Taxi. Hey, hey, it's that one, yes. one the, the way they started up Crazy Taxi. That's what it reminds me of. I just looked up Mario Mix, uh, the GameCube game. And it, yeah, it's a hundred bucks. Oh complete with with the complete with the the mat. Oh well, I don't have the box or anything, so it's not complete. But I do have the mat. And yeah, this is complete in box. And actually, it made me just sign into eBay and favorite that. Now I'm thinking about it. <laughs> that is one of the games that I was like, yeah, I wish I would have bought that for myself. I, I got it for Trey for a gift. I think it was for his mm-hmm. birthday or something. But I was always like, I should buy that. I'm gonna buy that sometime. And I just never did. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I tried his version and then bought mine right away afterwards. And then I don't know what happened to the actual game, but the dance mat I have is the original one I bought back in 2004 or whenever that was, 2005. I can't remember what year. Uh, I will say the Mario game is not that great. The songs are cool, I guess, but you're not getting your uh, classic DDR jams in there that just kind of like the drum and bass and trance stuff and all that. Like it's a lot more fun than playing like public domain songs and then a smattering of Mario songs, but mostly public domain. Songs. I think Donkey Konga, it's, so, it's kind of a similar vibe. Okay. Yeah. Some Mario, consider the songs with some Mario songs thrown in there that are pretty cool. Don't get me wrong, but you're not exclusively doing that uh, Mario stuff. So that's pretty much all I've played this week. Now I did buy some stuff and this kind of goes back to the top of the show when I said I will turn on a dime sometimes after saying I don't want a thing and then I will get it. Mm-hmm. And that happened with me. I got Skyward Sword. I bought it. Oh, you got Skyward Sword. I bought it. Um, it just came in the mail today, so I haven't played it yet, but I own it. I bought a physical version of it because I have a physical version of like all the other Zelda games. And that was the other thing when I kind of sat and thought about it. I was like, well, I do have, I have been buying a physical version of all the Zelda re-releases with the exception of Link's Awakening. I guess I didn't buy a physical version of that. I might eventually, if it goes on sale for a cheap discount. But yeah, I have, I even have Breath of the Wild on the Wii U sealed. For some reason, I thought I had to own that. Well, I think hang on to it. It'll be worth $170,000 in 20 years. Nice. Yeah. I just got to get, I got to set up my heritage auctions account so they know who I am. (laughs) Not only did I buy that after saying for weeks that I wasn't going to buy it. I also bought a game that we were making fun of (laughs) last week. (laughs) I bought songs for a hero and here's why. When I was editing the podcast, that song from the first level got stuck in my head and I'm like, okay, I think I kind of like this music. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like a classic effect of hearing a song over and over again and it starts to like because it was a submission. I like the way he sings. I like his because uh, you know, like we were saying last week, this game's Brazilian, and so there's just a certain way the 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 singer says things that it's obviously he's not like primarily an English speaker, but it's still really cool the way he fits it. He fits what he's saying into the rhythm. But uh, yep, yeah, I bought it. I haven't played it that yet either. So I'm anxious to hear about that. Yeah, I'm over here making purchases that I'm not even following through with. I uh, still haven't opened up. <laughs> Still haven't played Pikmin 3. Um, I guess one last thing. I just want to talk a little bit about my iPhone. I like it. Yeah. Um, I don't like the... I'm still getting used to like navigating it because you use swipes instead of hitting a home button. And mm-hmm. I missed the home button on... That's just become part of using a phone for the past like 10 years. So right. not having that anymore and just doing a swipe is taking some getting used to. Also, the swipe on Android gets rid of something. So on this, it's like not... you know. It, 
I'm instinctively not wanting to do that because I want to keep looking at stuff. But other than that, it's cool. I haven't signed up for Apple Arcade yet, but they did send me a, they sent me a notification that I had three months for free and Apple TV as well. I have uh, some sort of subscription to that for free. And then I think you'd have that for a year. And then guess what else? The- a free trial to Google Stadia. What? <laughs> Whoa. All right. How long is that going to be? Three months? No, I just saw the email and started laughing. I didn't even read it. It's That's just hilarious. It's like I thought they killed Google Stadia. I thought it was dead. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think they're going to give it a serious push just because Google has made plays to every other type of media. I don't see them giving up on video games that easily. I don't know. Google gives up on everything easy. Yeah, I think. Remember that Google they... Glass? <laughs> yeah, true. Google Glass. And there's a lot. Of I thought that stuff. was cool. I, I was Google I was Hangouts. To that. Google Plus. Yeah, but this is a whole segment of the media. Like they, they have music, movies, you know, they got YouTube and all that stuff. And what they don't have enforces video games. So I think I think they're gonna keep pouring money into it. They've got infinite money, right? Well, um, in, a, in a manner of speaking, what... they're like Steam because they do have games, but they're hosting other people's games. Mm. But they're making a cut of that. So they're selling games for sure on their devices, on Android devices. True. Yeah, but yeah, you're, I don't know. You're not you're Apple. I'm Apple now. It's so weird, and I do wonder how this is going to mean for the future. If I like it enough and I stick to it, which I like it so far for security reasons, I really like the I can block numbers a lot easier if I get like spam calls, yeah. and also I like the face ID thing. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Kind of scary actually, to be honest. But when I'm wearing a mask, it doesn't know who I am, and it won't open up. That's great. That means it's working. Cool. I wonder if I like grow a mustache, if it's, it'll stop recognizing me. I'll update you guys later on that. But I do like it so far. It's a nice little phone. And um, you play any games on it yet? No. It seems like it gets pretty good battery life. The, the camera is awesome. I've taken a lot of cat pictures. That's about all I've done with it, to be honest. I still carry around my old phone and use it as a Wi-Fi device. And I think I'm going to not put Facebook on this Apple phone. And that's going to be great. You're not going to put Facebook on that phone. I don't want to. You want to be free of social media on that phone? No. I have Twitter on it. <laughs> Twitter, okay. So, yeah. So why not Facebook standard. specifically? Uh, I don't know. I just don't like Facebook that much. It always, it does not bring me joy when I look at it. Facebook never makes me smile anymore. It hasn't for a long time. Same with Instagram. Fuck them. Get well, a I, divorce. Uh, just a trial separation. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Well, uh, up until about an hour ago, I didn't have any games for the week. Didn't play any games. And I just decided to to check out the, the eShop, see what was on there. And I noticed that there was a game called Scribd, which was touted that that it was drawn completely on pencil and paper. And I thought that was fascinating. And not only that, but it was only $2. It was down from $10 and it's a brand new game for this week. So I thought, oh, what the hell? I'll give it a try. It's just $2. Well, so my quote at the top of the show, it was going to be, what's a video game? Because I hadn't played anything all week. <laughs> and then I found this game just before the show. And honestly, it was not worth the effort of changing my quote. So <laughs> it's not a, it's not a good game. I don't know if I'm breaking the developer's heart by saying that just because, I mean, it, the game looks like Scribble. It looks like it was made in a matter of a couple of days. And it's it's sort of, like I said, advertising that fact. Like it was just scribbled on on paper and then made it to a game um yeah you win some you lose some and i don't think it's a great game but if you're curious about it and you want to try something that has a different 
visual style to it. It is only $2 uh, maybe worth a shot just for that. I will say too, that I think part of the reason that I wanted to buy the game was that the visuals, even though they're scribbles, like we see in other games, like maybe West of Loathing, right? The stick figure, uh, Western RPG going for a similar kind of thing. But that game, I would say has a style, whereas this game really, it really does look like somebody who can barely draw scribbling in their notebook and making a game out of it. Which I thought was good and interesting. Okay, it really looks like scribbles. It really looks like scratches in a notebook. It doesn't have a cohesive look to it. Maybe that could be interesting. For $2, I thought I'd give it a shot, and it didn't come together. It's just kind of too simple. That's that. I don't know if I'll ever open it up again. Scrib has been dumped. Scrib's been dumped, yep. Does it at least have, like... I'm thinking like the old Bugs Bunny cartoons where the hand comes down and starts drawing. Like it just no, it's not like Duck and Buck or anything like that. It's just a walk right, jump, slash your sword at the enemies and collect money. The money is literally just a dollar sign. <laughs> well, then you got very, your money very simple. Back yep. Within the I game. got all my money back. Yep. So, See, I hear scribbed. And I'm thinking, like, I'm thinking of scribble knots. Yeah, scribble knots comes up when when they try and search for it. And that's and I'm the also thinking, concept wise, it reminds me a little bit of like drawing a life. Except in that game, you actually draw. You not like. Yeah, you don't do any. That could have been something cool if you actually like imported your own scribbles into this game somehow. That would have been interesting. And there is drawn to life on the Switch, which kind of came and and went without much fanfare. But it's only ten dollars, and I, I would rather buy that game instead of buy this game for two dollars. I think that was originally a on the original DS, right? It was. Yeah, I liked that game. I made it my goal to make it as explicit and inappropriate as possible. So like I had platforms of like feces floating in the air and bad words written all over the place. And that was the real challenge of that game, trying to make it as, as profane as possible. It's awesome. I played Scribble Dots. I never played Draw No Life. Scribble Dots, is, you don't even draw in it. It's just called Scribble Dots. But you type things in it and then you manifest things with words. And that's a weird ass game. That game you basically cool. just turn everything into zombies is what you <laughs> always end up doing in that game. Yeah, I would pass on on script, but I think if you're if you're curious about it at all, just because the visual style, it is only two dollars right now on sale. It's going to go up to ten. Definitely can't recommend it at ten. <laughs> so that's, that's all you're trying to play this week. Yeah, I didn't play anything else this week but that. You've been head down, writing and writing and writing, pretty much. Yes, which I finished my draft yesterday. So. Oh wow! Congratulations. Yes, thank you. Thank it's you. It's probably what like. 120 pages it's 115 damn i don't know how i almost got that right as though i'm in the industry or something but there you go almost got it i remember trey told me it was like a minute a page was the average or something like that yeah that's correct that's the general thought is about a minute per page so if it's a two-hour movie it's 120 pages yeah i'm glad to be through with that draft and take a little break before i start working on it again when you Um, start rewriting it more yeah and usually like the day after i finish a draft that's just my day to watch movies or play games and stuff which is my only real plan for today oh nice for the show so when we're done recording you actually get to do what we talk about yes that's right i'm gonna dive back into mario maker and tony hawk hell yeah well trey will be back next week and he's gonna have a lot to talk to us about i did mention he made contact mm-hmm. and uh, i don't want to talk too much because i'm sure he'd, li- he'd rather talk about it but it looks like he actually was able to get out there and uh and see some things Instead of just being cooped up in his hotel room, like he said he was going to probably do. So Had some game experiences. Yeah, yeah. I actually got to do things involving games and also involving purchases. But I'm not going to spoil that for you. I'll have to wait uh, till next week. Yeah, he'll tell you himself when he returns for episode 281. But that's not where we're at right now. We're at episode 280. So what do you think, John? Should we move on to the news? Let's do the news. Here is the news. I promise you it's the news. Pokemon Unite. Is it out? Yep. 
coming out this week. It might be out today. I'm not sure. I don't remember. I don't follow the Pokemon so much. So what is Pokemon Unite? Do you know it? I've heard it's like a, a MOBA style game. I think so. Oh, it's so it's a mobile yep. game. Okay, that makes sense. Well, I'm just reading about it right now. I, I've seen, obviously, they've we've seen this in the Pokemon Direct. They showed some stuff about it. But uh, this is one of those things I just kind of forgot about because I don't play mobile games <laughs> that much. But maybe I'll give it a try on the on my brand new iPhone. But yeah, it's cross-platform. Oh, you can download it on a Switch too? Okay, okay. This is going to be, yeah, they've had other games like this. Well, I can't remember that puzzle game was. Yeah, it was like a puzzle game, but I can't remember what it was called. It was a multi-device thing. Five on five battles, and that's pretty much it, I think. See, it's like League of Legends, but with adorable Pokemon. Okay, well, I don't know what League of Legends is like, but... I know it's something people really like. If we had six on the show, they'd be able to talk about it. But alas, six is not on this episode. But I know they played a lot of League back in the day. Yeah, I mean, I'll give it a try. It's free. It's free. Why not? And, I, and if it sucks, I'd just stop playing it. There was some DLC released this week, but actually not released because of a technical issue. So Streets of Rage 4, Mr. X Nightmare is supposed to be out right now, but it's still not out. And they keep updating on, on their Facebook channel to say, hey, this is, you know, work with Nintendo and try to figure out what the problem is, why the, the DLC isn't being able to be purchased. So I'm not sure exactly how you purchase. Well, if it's like you do it in game or or you can go to the, basically go to the, the Switch eShop and it's just not appearing there or something. I don't know what the problem is, but I'm anticipating this. Uh, because I loved Streets of Rage 4. Uh, now that I've, I'm taking a pause from uh, writing for just a moment, this is like a perfect opportunity for me to jump back in and play this game. So hopefully they, they get to it and, and fix the problem real soon so I can have something to play maybe hopefully this afternoon. I don't know. Um, that would be really nice. So it was it was a free update? I'm not sure. I think it's, I think it's paid. Okay. I would expect that it's paid because I, th- I thought that Streets of Rage 4 was a pretty meaty experience as, as it was. And so I think I think it's a paid experience. But if it is, I'll, I'll pay it, you know, whatever it is. That is strange though so it's not like it's not a software issue where you can't download it it's that you literally can't purchase it you can't purchase it and i haven't turned on streets rage 4 to try it out i don't know if there's like a menu in there now that you know it's like a dead link or something like that but uh that's yeah, not available right now, unfortunately. You know, I suspect Mr. X is up to no good. He sabotaged it. Mr. X doesn't want to come out and play today. Mm-mm. He doesn't have enough rage. He said, my rage meter's too low today, and I just I don't feel like going out in the streets. So there was a rumor about the Switch OLED and the cost, which said that the OLED was estimated to cost just $10 extra to manufacture. And then Nintendo pretty quickly came out and refuted that on Twitter. I don't think they said anything to specify like exactly what the cost was or everything but they basically just wanted to say this isn't true that it doesn't cost ten dollars more yeah it was um bloomberg they were going after i think specifically like i think other publications picked it up pretty quick of course but nintendo was going for for bloomberg's throat there because bloomberg mm-hmm. does post a lot of the a lot of the rumor stuff and right. um they're a big old media company so they're the ones to be pissed at if rumors are spreading and they're part of the business but uh yeah nintendo basically was just like hold on let me uh, i want to read it a news report on July 15th, 2021, Japanese Standard Time, claimed that the profit margin of the Nintendo Switch would increase compared to the Nintendo Switch. The Nintendo Switch OLED model would increase compared to the Nintendo Switch. To ensure correct understanding among our investors and customers, we want to make clear that the claim is incorrect. Then they also follow that up. I think we were going to get it to it. But the Switch, the OLED will launch in October 2021, and then they have no plans of launching another model at this time. So, so being as tight-lipped as ever, this yeah. is false and not clarifying to say, oh, what the actual cost is. And it's none of our business. And so. why Why do you think they actually made this statement? I think it's very apparent in who they mentioned first. Among right. our investors, then, then right. they say customers. Right. So, so I, think, I think that honestly supports my 
theory before that this Switch OLED is actually cheaper to manufacture, that this is just a standard hardware revision that they have done time and again, releasing new models of the various Game Boys and, and the Super Nintendo and all that. They're just, they just found a way to make it uh, cheaper and, and bumped it up a little bit to make it more appealing to, to the consumers with nicer screen and stuff like that. I think that's what's going on. And they're going to phase out the original model once the stock is sold out. I think they're just getting scared about the Steam Deck in there. Like, we got to do damage control because so they're going to bury us. Maybe so. They're shaking in <laughs> their boots over that Steam Deck. <laughs> what was that you said? Uh, you put up an article about how Elgato released a new Stream Deck. Yes. So, so <laughs> yeah. So, on the same day that the Steam Deck was announced, Elgato announced a new device called the Stream Deck. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, wow, what a coincidence. And, and, bad timing so, for them so that's not a new device i actually have one of them i have a really small one that only has mm-hmm. like six buttons on it but yeah it's just a new version of the stream deck i don't know what it's gonna looks be. like this one has more buttons yeah i think they just had more buttons maybe an oled screen i don't know it has little screens underneath the buttons so that is always something they could upgrade i don't know why they would but they could yeah that's hilarious that'd be like if the day that nintendo switch came out somebody released like the kitsch yeah. switch some something that you put that you that, store things in the chinese knockoff that went around it was like the Nintendo Smitch or something like that they <laughs> called it the Nintendo Mitch <laughs> it just tells really dry jokes to you or it is a terrible person depending on which Mitch okay did you want to talk about these release dates I didn't a road 96 this one was talked about in a I think it was an indie, indie direct a couple months back and it looks like a tell, telltale style game uh, and it's coming out on August 16th this one has my interest because the production values look really good it looks like a quality animation and a good interesting story yeah the art so, style is kind of cool looking it reminds me a little bit of Firewatch in the art style true true it's got sort of a they say it's a procedural road trip so I'm interested in, in that like combining a telltale st- style story with the, the procedurally generated elements i want to see how that's done I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued and i'm going to pay attention to this one the one that i'm definitely going to get though is corpse killer 25th anniversary edition this is the re-release of the classic sega cd i guess it's a shooter it's a fmv shooter oh fmv that's why you want it yep that's why i want it i want i love that the switch is a shrine to shitty fmv games and i want them all you should have them all you deserve it yeah I do this is totally it. looks up your alley i'm looking at it right now oh yeah <laughs> I got to get this. So it's 15 bucks comes out on the 27th. Oh my gosh. This looks incredible. Yeah. This is one that I've always wanted to play. Like I can remember the whole suite of of Sega CD FMV games, you know, night trap was King among them, of course, but this one was like a close second to me as far as what intrigued me because there was a feature in game pro magazine back in the day, just detailing how they were in, I think they filmed in Costa Rica or something, making this FMV zombie game as I've wanted ever since then. So this will be another fulfillment of a 25 year wish. There's an actor in here that looks familiar. Looks like I've seen him. Yeah. There's, there's the guy uh, I know you're talking about. I think he He was was in in Seinfeld. Yes, he was in Ghost. His his other notable role was he was the the ghost that guided Patrick Swayze. Oh wow! Through the ways of of, of the afterlife. <laughs> Do you remember the guy who was on the, who haunted the train in Ghost? That's him. <laughs> I remember now. He's mm-hmm. the train train haunter. Yep. That's yeah, the one who reveals to him that he's dead. Right. That's correct. 
Okay, yeah. In this, in this, it looks like he tells you you're going to be dead. I think he's like a cult leader or something in this oh, one. Man, how many? So this is going to be like what the fourth or the fifth FMV game? So, so there's obviously there, there's true. a bunch of them. I mean, there's a bunch of modern FMV games even, and I don't even I don't even know them all. Of course, I'll, I'll tell you the ones that I've got. I've got Night Trap. I've got Double Switch, which was the the shitty cousin, the shittier cousin to Night Trap. Um, and I've got the one with the guy you work at the parking lot. Oh, I'm blanking on the name of that one. Five Nights at Freddy's. Not Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, shit. Let me look at it. Is it the one Trey kept recommending to you? or? Yes. Okay. I can't remember what that's called either. Late Shift. Late Shift. Late yep. Shift. Yeah, that was a really good one. In fact, I want to play that one again sometime. It's been a while. That one was high quality. Like It it, it felt like just an episode of... It felt like, like Black Mirror or something. Mm-hmm. You know, not the technology aspect, but just the production value, the fact that it was British and that it had serious tones to it. And it was just a well-told story, which I think, I guess, maybe that's the, that might be the first time that I've, I've thought one of these FMV games was actually good without a camp factor. That was just like a, a good story, and a fun, interactive experience. But this corpse killer, don't mistake it for something good. This is like this is like a cheesy, shitty you know, horror movie as uh, told through a, a Sega CD and then now re-released on the Switch 25 years later. So I hope it's as shitty as it ever was. I'm looking forward to it. It looks like it should not disappoint you in that factor. But who knows? There's some production value. I don't know. Some they did get the guy it. from Ghost. Yes. They got Patrick Swayze. Wait, no, they got the other guy. They released well, more news on Metroid Dread. Yeah, we're essentially the- getting a... Uh, Metroid's getting the anniversary treatment in its own way, where they're mm-hmm. revealing all this history of it, and um, they're not being shy to refer to the games that we don't have yet. So I just... I could, It only leads me to believe we're going to get to see Fusion, we're going to get to see... They're going to figure out a way to port the trilogy to the Switch. I sure hope so. I don't know why they wouldn't. I know Trey's mentioned in the past that the controls would be really hard to emulate, but I mean, Metroid Prime didn't have pointer controls originally, and that worked out fine well same with hunters so it was the third one that was exclusively motion controls that they tacked on to the first two i bet they could do some skyward sword type retro conning on it and make it work with the controller i would hope so at least but yeah well they did release the on the trilogy they yeah they had all the the motion controls were built into the to prime and uh echoes oh that's what it was yeah no i was thinking that it was the opposite that that there was some version like for the wii u or something that that removed the motion controls but i'm um, totally wrong no, the Wii U didn't have a Metroid game, except unless you count uh, the uh, the pack-in game. What was that called? Nintendo Land. There's a Metroid. Oh, yeah. There's a Metroid mini game in it where you're Samus with your head. It's really weird, but it's in there. And then, of course, we've seen like Federation Force, and then we saw eventually Samus Returns was a return to form. But they're really going out of their way to give us lots of info about the games. Yeah, so if you don't know, they're doing this series of articles now called the the Metroid Dread Report. And they've got Volume 3. And Volume 3 is going through seven points that define the 2D saga. So yeah, they're priming people who haven't played Metroid for Metroid Dread. I kind of hope that means there's going to be a lot of like somehow these all these different elements from the different games are going to be important in Dread. Like... I would assume so. I mean, they they made that pretty clear when they started the trailer by saying it, this was Metroid Five, mm-hmm. right? So they're not. Are they covering Prime here? I don't know if they've covered Prime. They'll probably wait to do that. Yeah, they're only showing the two D ones here. One thing that I, I saw someone point out, and I'm looking at it right now, they just kind of casually drop drop the fact that there's some Chozo left. Yeah. There's it's always been. I thought it was always part of the lore that that was an extinct race. And, you know, they were just gone. They raised Samus, but now they're all dead. Kind of like the elders or whatever they're called and dark crystals kind of how i always thought the chozo like they're all they're all dying and 
they erase the hero of the story. Whenever um, I think of Chozo, I think of Chorizo. <laughs> be hungry. Oh, that's, that's how they. All, that's where they all went. They all died and became Chorizo. Oh no! But yeah, it's, there's just one line in here that says, "Once a very powerful force with both intelligence and military might, their position weakened over many years. Now only a few of them have been sighted, and these remaining Chozo mostly try to avoid attention." I bet you're going to get to meet a Chozo in Dread, mm. and that's going to be weird because we thought they were dead. So yeah, it also makes sure to let you know that pretty much everything that exists in the Metroid universe goes back to the Chozo. They created the Metroid. They actually created the Metroid to battle the X-Parasite, which is what the second, or what Metroid Fusion is all about. Metroid 4, I guess is what it would be considered. I need to go back and play uh, Zero Mission. I never finished it. I think I need to try to play through Zero Mission and give Samus Returns another go because then I'll be all caught up on the 2D Metroids. I've never beaten a Metroid game before. In fact, I've never even gotten very far in a Metroid game before. I've beaten two. I beat Super Metroid and I beat Metroid Prime 3. <laughs> That's the only two I've beaten. Mm-hmm. Metroid Prime, I got pretty far in it, but damn, is that game hard. Metroid, yeah, Super Metroid, though, you got to play that if you have it. That's that's on your Switch for free if you have Nintendo Online. And- oh, yeah. Yeah, Trey bought it for me on the on the Wii years back, and then, of course, I've got it on the all the other systems and stuff that's been released on. I've got it. So no excuse. I got to play that game. Uh, don't feel bad about looking at a guide because this is a game that eventually became like a speedrunner's dream. So learning the lay of the land is okay any way you have to do it. But it does give you a map and, you know, if you want to have the... There's going to be some parts of the, the game where you're going to be totally lost if you don't look at a guide, I think. There was some stuff that you had to do that I didn't understand. And also I'll let you know how you can rescue all the, the sacred animals, which is an important part of Super Metroid that I don't know if they've mentioned here at all in the, uh, the Metroid Dread report. Yeah, Super Metroid Metroid's great. And Metroid Fusion. Oh, wait, I forgot to mention Fusion. I beat that one too. Did I say that? I beat Fusion when it first came out. In fact, I thought it was better than Metroid Prime. Don't at me. Really? You still think that? I I like it better. I don't don't know if it's a better game because Metroid Prime has more lore and Metroid Fusion is more just a computer telling you what to do from section to section and that gets kind of old after a while. But it's still cool. Well, that's probably enough about Metroid for now. Hey you! It's me, 
Mario. Yeah, you. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon to hear our bonus shows, which happen every month. I'm a tired. Tired of all the big corporate podcasts spoon-feeding you the same old video game news on every single show. Ah, spaghetti. Ah, ravioli. Then expand! With Nintendo Main Expansion Pack. It's us talking about old games that were important to us. It's us interviewing people that we meet at conventions. And heck, it's live shows from those same conventions. It's basically everything you could want that Nintendo Main ever made. Here we go! And it's just a buck a month. That's less than a bad indie on the eShop. It's $12 a year, which is less than Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> Thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon and supporting Nintendo Main. Just go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast and... Hey, Mario, let go! He's throwing us back to the show! So long, gay Bowser! Patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast! Game over! Enix has stated that Dragon Quest 12 could shape the next 10 to 20 years of the series. Oh boy. Does that mean it's just going to be like, it's going to become like an MMORPG and that's the only one there will be? That's it. It's just going to be 12. <laughs> they'll do like Final Fantasy 10, have like 12 2, and that's it. It's just 12 from now on. I think I'm like Grand Theft Auto Online. <laughs> Flames of Fate Online. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of speculation that they're going to get rid of the the battle system that's still like rooted in the original game. That's just turn-based battles. Like, haven't really changed much in the game since the very beginning, and that's one of the reasons why it's so. I think people like it so much. It's why I like it. I like that old school. Yeah, I like the old school way of doing things where it's not as hard to learn the system because the longer it takes to learn the system, the less likely I am to play the game very long. Because once I start to get overwhelmed by a system and an RPG, like I usually bail. <laughs> I want to have fun and I'm not very good at learning all these new systems quickly. So let's hope it's not like that because I really love Dragon Quest 11 and um, I've played through the first two as well, partially through three. Probably am now going to wait for the remake to come out to finish three, but 11 was wonderful and I don't want them to change the battle system. So please don't square and please leave the metal slimes. They're cute. <laughs> so they say that uh, the series creator said it's going to be a much darker and adult themed take on the series. Series. And now, in the latest issue of Weekly Famitsu, Square Enix president has mentioned that this is going to pave the direction of the series for the next 10 to 20 years. Here's his quote. Dragon Quest 12 is being developed. Taking into account the next 10 to 20 years of the Dragon Quest series, there are parts that are being consistent with the traditional image of Dragon Quest, but new elements are also necessary. After all, as a brand, we always need to innovate. Okay. It, it does sound like maybe it could be just marketing fluff and you know they're on number 12 it's a long-running series and i think that's a lot of it is just kind of stating the obvious that they need to do some different things to 
keep it interesting. But if the fans like the battle system, I say leave it as it is. I do too. Or make it, you know, make it to where you can toggle between systems even. There's always like room for options and games to make it more accessible to people, even just to make it more fun in, in that sense of accessibility, but also to make the controls easier for people that have to play differently. Here's an interesting thought. I wonder if they could develop a game that could be either a turn-based RPG for those who want that, or for people who want a more action-oriented Zelda-style experience. It could be that too. I wonder if that's possible design-wise. Like you have, In other words, you have the same story, the same uh, sense of grandeur, and the same epic quality to it and all that stuff. The stuff that I like, the Zelda-type stuff, but if I want to turn off the turn-based stuff, I can play it in a more action-oriented way. But for people who like it, you, cho- you choose to play it more as a traditional RPG. I think that would be interesting. I would be all for something like that because then we could play. We could all play the game and talk about it and talk right. about our differences and experiences. Because they sort of yeah. had not completely the same thing, but a, a, con- a similar concept in Eleven where you could play it in all in 2d if you want it yeah that's kind of what put me on that mindset i was like they did that before well, what if they did something with the gameplay because there are uh, i think a lot of people like me who just don't like rpgs i don't like selecting moves from a menu but there are things in dragon quest that appeal to me such as the scope the story the grandeur the different character designs it's just kind of a shame that those things are inaccessible to me because i just can't get past the menu based battle system if they developed a game that could be either or that would be really intriguing and i think open the series up to a lot of people who otherwise would not try it well what you're saying sounds like a good idea and i hope if it's not exactly that there is some sort of it is some sort of, you know, reach across the aisle to get more fans to play without compromising the game itself in the process. Mm-hmm. Because us old school fans, we know what we like. Just give us more of that. We'll buy it. What's up with this watch? I want to know the time, but I don't want to spend any less than $2,000 to know it. So this watch is for me. Tag Heuer is releasing a $2,000 Mario Smart Watch. Any takers? Anybody? Well, it looks a little cooler when I'm watching it on video, but Wow. You know, it does animations and stuff and when time changes. And I'm looking at my game and watch thinking I paid $40 for that, not 2000 <laughs> I could yeah. just tie a string around it, put it on my wrist. There we, we go. Wear it Flavor Flav style with a chain. <laughs> yeah, I saw a meme about not caring about it, basically, which I always think when you make when you post a meme, that means you do care about it, even if it says you don't. But there you go. Yeah, what what's up with it? It's I just don't get it. I don't get this collaboration. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's probably you could buy, somebody's gonna buy six switches. <laughs> for the cost There's the definitely going to be a limited production run of this. Like, this is not a mass market thing. Oh, 2000 a lot of people pieces, want it. it says it may be sold out already because it came out on the 15th. Mm-hmm. I wonder what's the Venn diagram of Mario fans and people who spend two thousand dollars on watches. I guess there's enough people. I mean, these are two smart companies, Nintendo and Tag Heuer, successful companies releasing this product. They must have done some kind of research and said, you know what? People will buy this. Good I for find those people. it strange that they wouldn't lean into the more retro looking Mario for this. Like, why do you have to have a True. fully 3D model Mario running around? Like, why can't it be the different sprites from the different old school games? Like, that may have been all it took for me to say, hey, I think that's cool. I wouldn't have bought it. Right. Yeah, it, it's it's. 3D modern Mario running around on your watch. And it's got like um, a red and blue theme. It kind of almost looks like an American theme. <laughs> hmm. 
I will say that it, it looks like a better quality animation than, say, new Super Mario Brothers. It looks like a like the, the kind of animation that they use in, in, in commercials and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's that's kind of cool. But but it doesn't have I, the wobbly yeah. nose of uh, Odyssey. No, and you can't touch touch it and pull his nose around like in Mario 64. Missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. Yeah, it, it doesn't appeal to me at all. The design is, is just... I don't know. It looks like it's made for people who like watches, but not um, people who like video games. It, it looks like the video game aesthetic was like slapped on and not not taken into account in the design of the watch itself. It looks like any other watch with Mario mm-hmm. just on it. Yeah. I mean, like there's a Mario symbol on like the button on the side and then it's got some like mushrooms and stuff around the, the bezel. But for the most part, this just looks like a generic watch. No, it doesn't even particularly look like a, an expensive watch. It looks like one that I would assume would be a couple hundred bucks, not two grand. Yep. I think we have no more time for this topic. Uh, well, I'm watching the trailer right now, or at least I'm, I'm seeing it. I'm not hearing it, but uh, the Monster Hunter movie that's coming out next month on Netflix. On Netflix. I'm definitely going to watch it. I mean, I'm a Monster Hunter fan now. Very recently became a Monster mm-hmm. Hunter fan. And I also think this animation looks really good. I think good on Netflix having this strategy of bringing video game properties uh, to the small screen. This is really smart for them. They have recognized that that there are passionate fan bases behind all these different series that they're doing, movies and TV shows for Monster Hunter, Resident Evil, and Cuphead even. Mm-hmm. This gets them an automatic audience. They know that people, people who play these games very likely have their service, and so it's going to be another reason for them to tune back in. Uh, I think it's going to be successful, and it looks like a good movie. It looks better than the Paul W.S. Anderson movie that was released a couple months ago. So maybe this will be the true movie for the fans. I guess the live-action movie had a racist joke in it. I didn't know Did that. <laughs> I didn't know about that. I just kind of like casually dropped that in this article, which this article is a Kotaku article. Um, it says the movie's 58 minutes long, which is, I think, I think that the Dragon Quest movie was something like that. Like it was, it might have just cleared an hour, but I don't think it was like a full length movie or I guess what they would call a feature film link. I wonder if this is a backdoor pilot. This is like, yeah. they think maybe it could be a TV show. So they're just releasing one thing. You know, if they if they released something that was only like half an hour, like a series length or whatever, then people would say, oh, this is like, why is this so short? So they said, make it an hour. We'll see how it does. And if it's it does well, uh, we'll build a series. I think that's the strategy. I think it's kind of funny. All I'm seeing is that uh, the plot is that a young hunter is trying to save his village from a dragon. It's just like the most basic <laughs> plot of any fairy tale ever. But... Who cares? I'm going to watch it. I have Netflix and I like Monster Hunter, so definitely will watch this. Oh, and I guess the U.S. military was involved in the live action film. <laughs> oh my god! For their monster hunting experience? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Oh my god! They were fighting themselves because they were the monster. <laughs> um, no, this takes place in the Monster Hunter universe. It's got a very kind of. Um, it looks like it could have existed in an alternate like 1700s or something. Do you think that it, it matches the, the style of the game well, at least the one yes. that you played? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's that whatever. I don't know what you call it. It's like medieval, but maybe a little bit beyond medieval because they've implemented technology and magic. Almost strongly. like a steampunk-ish. Yeah. I mean, it's fantasy. It's high fantasy, I guess. Maybe not high fantasy. It's fantasy, though. And then you can get high if you watch while well, you watch it if you want. <laughs> so here's uh, some sad news. Yeah. Nintendo is ending support for credit cards on the 
uh, Japanese 3DS and Wii U eShops on January 18th of next year. Now, was that, have they not announced the, that that's happening for the U.S. shop yet? Or did it already they happen? Have, they haven't announced that yet. I mean, I, I can only imagine it's coming around the same time. Yeah. Wow. The end of an era, especially the 3DS. Like Wii U, I get, but the 3DS is like, the 3DS just, it didn't go out with a bang, but a whimper. It just was, it was just gone. Yeah. The Switch came along and kicked it to the curb and there was never any, even an official announcement about it. It just, you know what? I think we read that they were going to stop making the hardware mm-hmm. in like a one, it was like just a little byline in, a, in an article. It does seem like hardware used to get manufactured longer into the life cycle of the current console. Like the, the old hardware used to get manufactured longer. Like definitely the Game Boy was the king of that being manufactured into like 2004. Um, it seemed like, I mean, they, they were they were making parts for the NES up until also around 2004 or so, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because they, like now- they were still offering repair for the Nintendo, the original Nintendo to, I think, into the early 2000s. Yeah. But it does seem like okay, we're we're what four years out from the release of the Switch now, and and they're really like closing up the shop on the 3DS, and, and that's it. Like I think once they close up the the digital shop these days, that's the marker that mm-hmm. that console is over. So we're gonna see another a similar kind of rush to find all the good the good gems before they're gone forever, mm-hmm. like we did with the Wii 3DS. There's a lot. There's a lot on the 3DS, and it's kind of like. Yeah. I hope I get to keep all that stuff. Like I hope something doesn't happen to my memory and then I can't re-download it, you know? Yeah. That's a good point that the, the Wii shop just closed like last year mm-hmm. or maybe just a little over a year ago. It was, it was getting on about two years ago. And that was released in 2006. So from 2006 to 2019, 13 years. Mm-hmm. And I guess the, the 3DS came out in 2011. So now that's 10 years, you close the shop up. It'll be 11, close to 11 by the time it does show. The time closes, yeah. And then the Wii U, not even. That came out in what, 2012. 12? Mm. Wow. That was not, I guess, well, it's still five years between that and the Switch. But here we are next year. We don't know if we're going to get our next Nintendo system. I, don't, I doubt it. All those virtual console games on the Wii U that are not on the Switch yet, snap them up now. Get on there. Download all three of the Game Boy Advance Castlevania games. You'll thank me. Get Metroid mm-hmm. Fusion. Get Metroid... Uh, Zero Mission. There's a lot of really good stuff there that you got to check out if you haven't yet. The only one that I've got is DuckTales. Ooh. Yeah, you got a Wii U, but you really haven't bought that many games for it, have you? You have like not that many. I think I have like six games. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe now is the time for me to get on there and snap up some of those those games so I can bulk up my Wii U library a little bit. So what's this rare card? It's an e-reader card? I didn't realize that when yeah. I first saw this article. So, yeah, remember the e-reader for the Game Boy Advance? You would slide the card in and play like Balloon Fight or, or some small mm-hmm. game. It came and went without much fanfare, but this one card has been unavailable since 2002 because it was released. You got it when you went to E3 2002. So this is a very rare card. And all of a sudden it has appeared on eBay up for sale. And this is a, uh, it's a Kirby card. So I'm not sure what's actually on the card, like what game you get to play or whatever, but it's Kirby card and it's on sale on eBay. Let me see what the price is at right now. 
it's not a game. It's um, it was a it was a prize thing. So there was these cards were given out, and then you would scan your e-reader to see if you won or not. But uh, it's saying okay. here, if you got first place, which is the you know the rarest of these cards, mm-hmm. Nintendo would you know exchange for your prize, and then they destroyed the card because they didn't want multiple people to use the same card. So oh, that's, that's why, why so this is, that's why it's so rare because yeah, it was literally getting destroyed when it was claimed. So I don't know how this, it, it just showed up on eBay, but it's supposedly uh, a first prize winner. And they, the seller even posted a video of swiping the card and it says it's first prize. Wow. So the current price is $10,099. Oh, that's more than what this article says. It was at 1500. Oh yeah, there we go. Mm-hmm. It just keeps going up. So uh, yeah, further supporting last week's story that this this uh, classic games and games memorabilia thing is like going into the stratosphere. I kind of want to go through my collection and do like a spreadsheet because good idea. Finding out about some of these games that I didn't know, like Dance Mario Dance Revolution and so on, for like two and a half times what I paid for it like two years ago. That's ridiculous. There's an app that uh, I was using a while ago. I not remember the name of it. But they, it's like IMDb for video games, and you can track mm-hmm. your your collection. And I think there was even some uh, price tracking and stuff on it. But look up the, at that if you're if you're interested in cataloging your your collection. Well, we have renters insurance, so it'd probably be good to have that information too. If I ever had to make That's a claim, true. God forbid. Yeah, these are these sorts of collectibles though are not that enticing for me. This is for the completionists out there. This is for like the art of Nintendo Power guy. Like he would like something like this but I doubt he would buy it. Yeah, like if you've got an arcade in your house with your little museum and everything, this is for you. But it would be strange for me to pay $10,000 for this card and have it just like sitting on my desk or something. And worse, you even have to buy an e-reader just to see it work. (laughs) I saw this article. This article is kind of funny. So they must have used the Path of the Hero mode. Hmm. Somebody beat, they finished Breath of the Wild without stepping in the same place twice. So they basically played a giant game of Snake. Wow. That seems laborious and pointless. I mean, this is like right up there with the the guy grabbing the master sword. Like just the weird stuff that people are doing with this game. Just it truly is a phenomenal game and a phenomenon on on its own with yeah. what people are doing with their different speed runs and different variations of full gameplay. Why though? Why do they do this? I guess this is what you do when a game, a great game, has been out for four years and you've exhausted every other way to play that you figure out your own. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't get that mindset. Like to me, I, I play a game because I want to sit back and relax. I don't want to like work at it. And what is the reward at the end? I guess you get an article written about you in, in Kotaku. Mm. It seems like it's just it's like dissecting a game in that way removes all the fun out of it from me. For you, so, yeah. But there's definitely people that it's the complete opposite. They enjoy it. They enjoy it and they want the notoriety that comes with playing through these games in weird ways. And I kind of I kind of get it, but I don't want to do it. I kind of wonder if they'll ever do because they've had those different games you can play, like the fan hacks where it mixes up the game. I can't remember exactly what it was called. There's a name for them, but uh, you play like Ocarina of Time, but it's mixed up where the different items are, the dungeons and stuff like that. And I think actually um, Martin Watts, when he was on the show, talked about it a little bit because it's a it's a popular thing to do with the Everdrives to play these um, these versions that have been remixed randomly. I think a Breath of the Wild that was remixed would be kind of cool. It would really feel like it anyway. Yeah. But I guess without the dungeons and stuff, the paths, like the different ways of progressing are different. So what are they going to do? Move the, the towers? I don't know what they would re- actually remix without, with the exception of the, the shrines. So I, I read this article about the, the guy going through 
without crossing his path. And it says he was a few hours into the game when he had to quit the first time because he had walked into the Temple of Time at the beginning. And then later on, you have to get on the roof of it. And when he got onto the roof of it, since the way the game perceives the path of the hero is just, you know, a directly like bird's eye view. If you like, you didn't technically cross your path, but you did because you went below it on the map. So it, the, the uh, lines touched. So he had to quit. <laughs> he had to restart the whole game. Started over again. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> How many hours into it was he? He just says it was a few hours. I don't think he was like that. I think it's probably the part where you finish the the plateau and then you're leaving because that you have to meet the, the, well, you find out it's the king. You have to meet him on the roof of the Temple of Time and that's where you get the uh, the, the sail, whatever that thing's called. Something like that takes a lot of planning. Like you really got to know the game inside and out. You got to know what point I have to go to at what time and, and not only that but like what's the optimal way to get there and then not cross over my my path again like I imagine that took a lot of experimentation I'm guessing that he must have tried it and started over even more times than he let on like I don't know go, well, go, go, just go said that was achieving the, your goal it, he was saying in the story that's the first time he had to do it he didn't say whether there was hmm. Multiple occasions where he had to had to uh, restart it. Yeah, you think people that do stuff like this, they essentially play this game as a job. They have the time for whatever reason to do it, and the patience and the drive. Yeah, maybe he's a streamer. Maybe he gets paid for this. Yeah, I would hope so. I mean, at this point, they've made a name for themselves, so they'll probably have more views on their stream as a result. Well, uh, do you want to talk about this last piece of news about some more inclusivity in the gaming community? Yeah. So Candace Parker has made history as the first woman to grace the cover of NBA 2K. So congratulations. That's awesome. That's awesome. So was there, was did NBA 2K always include? They like, started including WNBA, like I think it was two years ago. Okay. I remember talking about it on the show. Instead of and, just making it its own game. Yeah. I think I remember now. And I think what I said back then still holds true. Like they should, they, they shouldn't call it the N- NBA 2K because there's a whole, uh, the WNBA is a whole other league. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that is still like yay for inclusivity, yay for putting a woman on the cover, but you're still calling it NBA 2K, which is the man's league. Um, like why not call change the name, call it basketball 2K featuring mm-hmm. N- NBA and WNBA. Just be old school about it. Just call it basketball. <laughs> Put it in a black box. Have <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 8-bit graphics on the cover for no reason at all. People would still buy it. People are addicted yep. to these games. Yeah, the 2K games have been very popular since the Dreamcast introduced them in 1999. They've just been kind of a gold standard for a lot of sports games that they released. But yeah, this is really cool. Um, and it's a sh- Chicago Sky player, so that's cool. We're kind of a uh, we're kind of close to Chicago. Chicago's kind of been important in all of our lives as a podcast. So hell yeah, congratulations to Candace Parker for being on the modern day equivalent of the Wheaties box. That's awesome. Coincidentally, NBA 2K21 is on sale for like $4 right now. So if you don't have a basketball game on your Switch, now's the time to get one. Yeah. If you like basketball games, I don't think you could go wrong playing this version. As I said before, the 2K games are well regarded uh, pretty much across the board. And I don't play a lot of sports games, but maybe I'll, maybe I'll download. Yeah, I got the one two years ago and that was on sale for three dollars and I, I got maybe 10 hours of play out of it and it's a good game so it's definitely worth it for uh, for the four dollars was oh, that when we version. were joking with you that you were playing an rpg yep yep <laughs> you were i was, sports, I was playing an rpg sports games are just rpgs action rpgs well i think that should do it for this week there's surely something we missed but 
you know what? There's always next week to talk about a little more. And I'm, you know, we're excited to have Trey back next week to hear about his uh, his Hitman tour a little more. Yeah. <laughs> See how that's been going. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to us. If you want to hear more, you could join our Patreon. It's uh, patreon.com backslash Nintendo Main Podcast. For a dollar a month, you can hear several extra episodes. Our, we call them our expansion pack episodes. The most recent one we did was about humor and video games. You can hear a preview of it on our feed if you would like. Um, you can also find us on youtube.com backslash Nintendo Main Podcast. We post some stuff here and there. Uh, Trey's posted a lot of music and we've gotten a lot of views for some of the, the music he's posted from uh, different games. But yeah, we, we got some pretty cool game gameplay videos on there. So check that out. You can find Trey on Twitter at, at Nintendo underscore domain. I'm on there as JMAX Stack. And I think that's pretty much it. All right. All right. Well, Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again next week. I've been your host, Jeremy Wachowski. I've been your host, John Litter. And we'll see you.